Well, I hope it comes as a comfort to you to hear this, because it does comfort me anyway. But sometimes, actually, in fact, all the time, Jesus confused his disciples. They were confused all the time. Now, who were his disciples? It was the named 12, for sure, but that, of course, leaves out all the women who were disciples of his as well and who'd studied with him and supported him and followed Jesus. Anyway, though, a disciple is essentially someone who learns from Jesus. Disciple as a word comes from the Latin for a learner. And most of Jesus' words in the gospel are directed at this kind of teaching, which is why the disciples called him rabbi, rabbi, or teacher, which is a, specifically a Jewish teacher of the law. Okay, so these learners were following Jesus around, and when Jesus would offer his teachings, much to the disciples' frustration, he would often tell them a story to illustrate his point. And we call those stories parables. And I mention that this frustrated the disciples because they understandably wanted a more direct word. Jesus was the expert. They didn't want to have to do their own interpretation. They wanted faith by the easy route. But Jesus knew, Jesus knows, that faith requires some thinking. Simple pronouncements can be very, very popular with the folk. Trust me, I know. But simple pronouncements are for demagogues, not for the living God. And what this means is that in order to follow Jesus, it takes the faith, yes, to believe that he knows what he's talking about, yes. But it also means that you can't check your brain at the door. Okay, so in today's scripture from Matthew, Jesus does what he does, and he offered a teaching in parable. And this one, I think, came across to the disciples as a bit crude. It's not what goes in someone's mouth that defiles, because all that does is go into the sewer. Uh, it's what comes out of it that matters, because it comes from the heart. And you can tell that they heard this as kind of gross. They're like, ew, sewer. Because Peter, I imagine speaking for the rest of them too, basically responds to Jesus, and this is the Kaji Dosha translation. Say what now? <laughs> Say what now? Did I hear that right? Okay, so make sure you understand what's happening here. Someone had asked Jesus a question. That's before we get to the actual reading today. Someone had asked Jesus a question basically about how strictly people needed to follow the law. And this is specifically about eating. But the point of Jesus' response was that they were and had been consistently asking the wrong question, which happens. One of the main reasons I see people turning away from God and church and faith in general is that they feel like God hasn't answered their prayers. And when we ask and ask 
and ask again and we don't get this thing that we really believe that we really need or feel that we need, either one, what happens? What is God up to? These are the deep questions that we always ask. And I believe that this specific passage actually answers that question. They asked Jesus a question, but it wasn't the one he needed them to ask. So he answered the real question that actually gets at the root of things. And if you, like the disciples, find yourself not getting the answer that you're looking for to your prayers, I suggest that you ask a different question. I mean, in your prayer life, you can ask Jesus or you can ask God for anything you want. That doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, whatever it is that you're asking, God is responding. Whatever it is that you're asking, God is already at work in response. I guarantee you that. But God's response isn't always on our level. God's always answering the deeper question. So if you can't see God's activity in your life right now, but if you want to, ask differently get to the root of the issue. So the disciples want to know how to avoid getting in trouble with God. That's essentially what they want to know when they're asking about how to follow the law. And Jesus answered in parable as he does, and that was the answer. But they wanted it differently. So he explained it with examples, which he was actually frustrated to do. He didn't do that at first. But he did it because he knew that his students would interpret him literally, as if following the list actually means that you're living out God's will. That list isn't easy to hear, right? But if you put the list together, what do you learn about what Jesus is saying is important? What's Jesus's point? And I think it can be summed up by something he said another time in the Gospel of John. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Everything Jesus listed as wrong came from a place of dishonesty. Living in untruth means being captive to lies. And God intends for your freedom not your captivity. Jesus taught them everything they needed to know, but they answered, say what now? But you know what I love about all of this is that Jesus didn't give up on them. Even if they couldn't get it, even if they even frustrated him, Jesus persevered. Because you know what? God is endlessly persistent. And God never will give up on you. Even if you do one of those things on that list, even if you do something else that isn't living in your truth, even if you are in a place where you just yell at God because what you feel like you need at the bottom of your heart just isn't happening, even if you don't go to church, 
but go to church. Even if your heart is broken by what your expectations of God might be, even if you're the most frustrated person with God, even if God is frustrated with you, God is still going to persist to get through. Now this season in the church, we're building towards our homecoming, which is next Sunday. And we've been invited to figure out different ways to come home to God. And for today, I want to encourage you and me and all of us, come home to your truth. Come home to loving God, neighbor, and yourself. And that means living in your truth. That's not always easy. In fact, it could even be dangerous for you. But the thing is, I wrote this, and, and I realized that I had never really realized this before, but even if we're not living in our truth, God knows our truth anyway. So what makes sense is to put those two together. But if living your truth means endangering your body, then you know what's best for you. But otherwise, at least just be true to yourself and true to your God. That, that truth will set you free. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this element of worship. We are so grateful that you have entrusted the park with this moment to hear music, to listen to the word of God, whatever it may be. And we just ask for your support. The park only functions with the generous donations of people like you. And 100% of your donation goes to the incredible ministries of this church, which give and give and give again. Thank you for the ways that you give in advance and for all that you might be ready to give in the future. God bless you and amen.